welcome to this episode of The Weekly. My name is Trevor Hoffman, one of the pastors at the Church of Greer Station. The Weekly is a 20-ish minute podcast of issues relevant to the Church of Greer Station. For more information, visit tcgreerstation.com. All right, so today with me I have the Reverend Bishop Dr. Venerable Josh Stiles. I think that's all of that is actually your title at North Greenville, right? Uh, not, not quite. Um, <laughs> thanks, Joe. Yeah, so um, uh, excited about our uh, podcast today. We are uh, going to explore um, the, the topic of difficult Bible passages. So uh, before we jump into that, Josh, tell us, tell us who you are, tell us what you do, tell us what your role is at the Church of Greer Station, and tell us... Um, I don't know, your favorite breakfast cereal. Hmm, very good. <laughs> yeah, my name is Josh Stiles. Uh, I'm married. got three uh, wonderful little girls. Kara is almost nine. Anna will be eight. Uh, excuse me, eight. She'll be six tomorrow. And uh, our youngest, Elise, just turned one. Um, I teach at North Greenville University. I'm a professor there. I teach primarily Christian studies, uh, but I also teach the Introduction to Criminal Justice course as well. Um, as far as here at Greer Station, I serve as a lay elder. And I also uh, host a community group at our house along with Drew Plumley and Sarah and uh, serve on the safety team as well. So you are a man of many talents and uh, many, many interests and many interests, yes. might be the most interesting man in the world. That's, that's kind of interesting. Well, not many people can say that they are a layouter and serve on the uh, safety team. So it's pretty <laughs> impressive. We're a small church. <laughs> yeah, we all wear many hats. So um, this past Sunday, we had a bit of a uh, tricky passage uh, to address. Um, I made the joke on Sunday that on Wednesday night after our community group, or after we have you know, many of our community groups, around 9.30 or 10 o'clock, my phone just started to blow up with people <laughs> just really um, not entirely certain as to uh, what in the world this passage meant. And, right. and so uh, this, this Sunday, I taught on 1 Peter 3, and I'm going to read it for us. 1 Peter 3, verses 18 through 22. First um, Peter three eighteen through twenty two. Peter says, "For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water." Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. Hmm. Now, that's a bit of a, uh, a tricky passage, yep. um, a couple of um, sort of confusing statements, um, several issues kind of wrapped up in that, and we're, we're not going to spend any time unpacking that today in our time you can I'll refer you back to the sermon we'll have up on our, that up on our website um, but Josh let's say that I am um, engaged in my <coughs> usual routine studying the scriptures I am plowing along and say first uh, Corinthians 15 and I get mm-hmm. to some passage that just totally uh, seems to make like no sense uh, just totally uh, confounds me something like when Paul says that we baptize for the dead and I'm just kind of left with a question, what in the world do I do with this scripture? Yep. What would be some helpful tools or some um, good Bible reading principles that can inform how we approach difficult passages? Sure, like yeah. That? 
Yeah, I, th- I think the, the single most important uh, principle that we can remember when it comes to reading our Bibles, whether it's interpreting easy passages or what we would think would be relatively easy passages compared to the ones you mentioned, um, is that Scripture interprets Scripture. And, and what we mean by the statement, Scripture interprets Scripture, is that we look at each verse of the Bible, each passage of the Bible, each chapter within its own context. And so, for example, um, it would not be right for us uh, to take one verse uh, out of the Bible claim maybe as a verse over our lives while ignoring the surrounding passage because when the authors of the scriptures wrote down uh, the words of scriptures whether it's Paul writing one of his letters or Peter writing one of his they're writing to an audience at a particular point in time and they're also writing a letter for example just the same way if I were to write a letter today to my wife let's say it's five pages long um, it would not be right of me to just uh, or for one person to go just to page three of the letter kind of stick a finger down in one line and say, well, I think this means this, while ignoring the other pages. Um, I think that's exceedingly important when it comes to difficult passages in particular, because sometimes if we look just even in the surrounding verses, things will become a little bit clearer. Sometimes, however, that's not necessarily going to be the case. And in those cases, uh, what we also need to remember is that all of Scripture is God's Word. All of Scripture is inspired. And so if one passage of Scripture, one chapter of Scripture is unclear, then the best thing that we can do is go to other passages of Scripture that would help inform us on that that particular topic or that particular issue. And then if those other passages are clearer, then we use those passages as sort of a lens to uh, through which we could interpret the unclear passages, um, well, knowing that all of Scripture is God's inspired Word. That's, that's really good. Let me, can, let me ask you a quick clarifying question. Sure. Just, uh, just to like acknowledge the tension between... Um, like it would be right for us to say that all scripture has been written in some sense for us. Absolutely. Right. Like that. Absolutely. Second Timothy three sixteen. Like all scripture's got breathed. Correct. It's profitable for instruction, correction, and teaching. But it would also equally be true to say that not all scripture is written to us. That's that exactly right. There's particular um, agendas that the author has for that particular audience. But how do we how do we navigate that tension? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, one of the things I've heard Matt Rogers over at the Church of Cherrydale say before um, is that a, a text cannot mean what it never meant. And, and what we mean by that is that if I'm interpreting a passage of the Bible um, and there's no possible way that the original audience could have interpreted in that way, then my interpretation is going to be out of bounds there. And the reason for that is because, yes, while all of Scripture is for us today, and is applicable to us today, it's applicable to us in the way that God intends for it to be communicated. And before any text of Scripture is communicated to us, and that we can apply it to our own lives, it was first communicated to an original audience back when the Scriptures were written. So in a sense, really, the original audience sort of serves as sort of a check and balance or kind of narrows the parameters of what any given text can mean, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's great. That's really helpful. Uh, what any other additional tools that you would say would be helpful comparing taking clear passages and allowing the clear to interpret the unclear? Any any uh, making sure that we are identifying what's going on in the context and yes. kind of letting that drive Correct. our reading. Anything else? Correct. I, I think one other thing that I would just uh, just as more of a general principle of Bible reading is I would say just just try not to get too caught up um, on, on the details and. Not, I'm not saying the details are unimportant, but maybe a statement more like, don't miss the forest for the trees. And, and here's what I mean by that. In Revelation chapters 4 and 5, um, and I can read just maybe an, an excerpt or two, 
But in Revelation chapters 4 and 5, you've got lots of different images, lots of different figures, lots of different things that, that we may not know exactly uh, what these things represent. For example, in Revelation chapter 4, verse 6, uh, John writes, he says, And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind, the first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down. And so if we continue on, we see these different images, we see the creatures, we see these, these figures called the twenty-four elders. But the one reason I want to go to that passage is just to remind us that it does not matter as far as interpreting that passage exactly, if we understand exactly what those creatures look like, or exactly even what those creatures are. What matters most is what the creatures are doing, the same thing as what the elders are doing. They are praising God, they're worshiping God. Verse 8, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Later down in the passage, what they're saying is they're casting their, their crowns before the throne. They're saying, worthy are that you are Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power. Um, so I guess just as another general principle, what I would say is, is if some of the details of the passage just seem like we really can't figure it out, um, don't be discouraged about that. Make sure that we're understanding the overall uh, meaning of the passage, and then, God willing, we can fill in the details later if that's possible to do that. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I think that's one of the things... Um, one of the things that I tried to get at in teaching that First Peter three passage mm-hmm. today, um, yeah. the uh, the overall point Peter seems to be making is about the ultimate vindication of God's people, particularly the, the the righteous minority who are suffering opposition. Correct. And even though uh, those particular details of the text might be kind of perplexing, and we're not entirely sure what Peter is emphasizing there, it seems like we can still land on the same big idea that exactly. God's people are going to be vindicated as Noah was and Correct. of course as Jesus was so I think I think that's really helpful rec- recognizing that um, yeah not to lose the, the, the forest for the trees not, sure. I mean that's not an excuse to be lazy by absolutely readers, not not an excuse not. to uh, not want to think well and, and spend some serious time really considering what the scriptures are saying but, but I think that is encouraging uh, to help us uh, recognize that uh, you know that that uh, God is a speaking God and that the, the scriptures are something that are deep and complex enough for an elephant to swim in and shallow yep. enough for a child to, to wade in. Amen. So what if, what if um, someone is, is doing their Bible reading and they get to, say, Revelation 4 or 5 and, and they're, just, they're just too confused? Mm-hmm. They're like, I, I just cannot figure out what in the world this passage means. What Correct. would you say to them? I, I think, first of all, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, there's many passages in the Scripture that I come to, whether it's when it's preparing for community group on a, on a regular basis or, or whenever it might be, teaching my classes. Um, no one uh, knows what every passage of Scripture means just the first time they read it, and if we claim to, then, then we should probably honestly look towards our pride and maybe be a little bit more humble before the Scriptures. Um, but So I think I would say ask for help, and, and if you don't have any person that you can ask for help, if there's no community group leader right there at your disposal that you can speak with or one of the pastors, um, there's a lot of different resources uh, that I would direct uh, those in our congregation to. Um, I, know, I know several uh, people, even within our community group, who have an ESV study Bible. It's an excellent resource that, that can kind of help uh, dig into some of these more difficult passages. It was certainly helpful in going through a passage in First Peter this week. 
Um, in addition to that, there's a couple other websites um, that, that I would highly recommend. Um, well, uh, Desiring God Ministries, desiringgod.org, incredibly helpful website. Um, there's tons of articles, other resources. Uh, one of the most helpful things I found on that website, though, um, Pastor John Piper uh, does a series of videos called Look at the Book, and he breaks down uh, passages. Really, really, really helpful visual tool. Um, there's some other articles and websites that I'd be happy to direct our listeners to as well, and maybe we can throw that up on the blog or there's somehow as well. Yeah, we'll get it up. Uh, we will uh, we will make available any of the, the different resources that we make mention of. We'll make available in the show notes um, at, at, on our website. We'll, Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll do something. We'll figure that out. Um, yeah, that, that's that's fantastic. Um, I, one other question, Josh. What... Um, should we be afraid of unclear passages? It, it's, yeah. it's, I'm probably not alone in kind of feeling intimidated by some of these difficult passages. Um, should we be afraid of those? Should, should we be nervous about grappling with unclear passages? And, and, should, a, and should an unclear passage um, uh, affect our faith in any way? Great question. Um, no, I don't think we should be afraid at all to wrestle through these things. Um, and and we, we as believers believe that the Bible is God's Word. And he's a trustworthy God. Um, so as far as major doctrines, one thing that we also should, should just make very clear at the outset here is that there are no major doctrines of Scripture upon which our faith rests that are contingent on any of these unclear passages. For example, um, the doctrine of uh, salvation by grace through faith, um, even the doctrine of the Trinity, things that we, might be a little bit more complex. There are no major doctrines of Scripture on which our faith rests that are going to be changed or affected by any of these unclear passages. There may be some secondary doctrines over which different denominations differ. For example, passages related to baptism and mode of baptism. We as believers uh, here at the Church of Your Station, we are Baptist and specifically Southern Baptist, and so we believe in baptism by immersion and we believe in believer's baptism. Uh, but that's not a cardinal, you are outside the Christian faith if we disagree with our Presbyterian brothers and sisters on baptism, for example. But when it comes down to salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, when it comes down to who God is and who he is in his character, there is no part of the scriptures, um, there, there's nothing in the scriptures that's unclear on those things, if that makes sense. Yeah, that was totally the leading question. Yeah, just that was completely fine. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's that's really helpful to, to recognize. I mean, I, maybe we can um, be intimidated, but uh, yeah. it's helpful to remember that God is uh, eager to speak to us, and God is eager to be known. Absolutely, God is a speaking God, and yeah. so um, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Uh, cool. I, all of that is is really helpful and, and super encouraging, and I hope that it, as you're listening, that is helpful and encouraging to you as you read the scriptures. And I think one last thing that I would say to you uh, in regards to Bible reading is that there's just no replacing just good old-fashioned just reading the Bible. Just, Absolutely. Just making it happen. Absolutely. Making it a discipline, making it a, a normal thing, a daily thing. Just spend a couple of minutes a day um, studying the scriptures. And it's amazing how um, uh, just the more you read, the more able you are to read the Bible. Correct. Um, yeah. And the more you read, the more context you already have in your minds when it comes to these unclear passages. And so if you hear one thing in one passage that you may you may recognize, well, I, I learned about that same thing just, just two books ago when I was yeah. reading through First Corinthians. So, yeah, that could be exceedingly helpful. Cool. That's fantastic. Well, Josh, as we close, let me just ask you this totally unrelated. Um, 
What's your favorite cereal? You never answered that question. <laughs> Man, my favorite cereal. Um, it used to be Fruity Pebbles. Um, so way back when I was in college, I, I'd say now <laughs> my favorite cereal is a uh, French Vanilla K's Naturals Protein Cereal, and that sounds about as, as bland as I guess granola does. K's to, to go with French Vanilla. K's French Vanilla cereal uh, with raspberries and blackberries. And some blueberries tossed. Are there cartoon characters in the box? There are no cartoon characters in the box. <laughs> what are you even it doing? It's a box, as you can imagine. So. Cool. Well, well, one last question. What, is there anything right now in this season that is just bringing you joy? Yeah, man. Great question. Um, I think one of the biggest things that, that is bringing me joy is seeing uh, my daughter, Kara, um, who is eight, uh, almost nine. She'll be nine in September. Um, my wife, Charlotte, and I are, are very hopeful and prayerful that God is really working in her heart. Um, seeing a lot of softness in her, a lot of questions that she's asking, um, so we're we're uh, we're rejoicing over what seems to be God's work and, and just softening her her heart towards Him, and uh, we would definitely appreciate prayers that, that would continue and that God would work in our other daughters' hearts as well. Cool, so, fantastic. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Well, thanks for your time, dude. Yeah, it's glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So that was episode two of the weekly. Uh, be sure to subscribe on in, uh, on iTunes and rate us. And we look forward to talking with you again.